0: Chapter 9, Part 2 of A History of the Philippines. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A History of the Philippines by David Burrows. Chapter 9, Part 2 The Archipelago and the Religious Orders during these decades conflict was almost incessant between the archbishop of manila and the regular orders in the philippines the regulars were the parish curates and the archbishop desired that all matters of their curacy touching the administration of the sacraments and other parish duties should be subject to the direction of the bishops this question of the diocesan visit was fought over for nearly two hundred years the Governor and the Archbishop. Even more serious to the colony were the conflicts that raged between the Governor-General and the Archbishop. All the points of dissension between church and state, which vexed the Middle Ages, broke out afresh in the Philippines. The appointment of religious officers, the distribution of revenue, the treatment of the natives, the claim of the church to offer asylum to those fleeing the arm of the law, its claims of jurisdiction in its ecclesiastical courts over a large class of civil offenses these disputes and many others occasion almost incessant discord between the heads of civil and ecclesiastical authority the residencia we have seen that the power of the governor was in fact very large theoretically the audiencia was a limit upon his authority but in fact the governor was usually the president of this body and the oidores were frequently his abettors and rarely his opponents at the end of each governor's rule there took place a characteristic spanish institution called the residencia this was a court held by the newly elected governor for an examination into the conduct of his predecessor complaints of every description were received and often in the history of the philippines one who had ruled the archipelago almost as an independent monarch found himself at the end of his office ruined and in chains it was upon the occasion of the residencia that the ecclesiastical powers after a governorship stormy with disputes exercised their power for revenge unquestionably many a governor despite his actual power facing as he did The residencia at the termination of his rule made peace with his enemies and yielded to their demands. Corcuera had continuous troubles with the archbishop and with the religious orders other than the Jesuits. In 1644, when his successor, Fajardo relieved him, the Franciscans, Augustinians, and Recollects procured his imprisonment and the confiscation of his property for five years the conqueror of the moors lay a prisoner in the fortresses of santiago and cavite when he was pardoned by the council of the indies and appointed governor of the canaries by the king weakening of the governor's power this power of private and religious classes to intimidate and overawe the responsible head of the philippine government was an abuse which continued to the very close of the spanish rule this together with the relatively short term of the governor's office his natural desire to avoid trouble his all too frequent purpose of amassing a fortune rather than maintaining the dignity of his position and advancing the interests of the islands combined decade after decade to make the spiritual authority more powerful in the end the religious orders with their great body of members their hold upon the filipinos their high influence at the court and finally their great landed wealth governed the islands the educational work of the religious orders in any criticism of the evils connected with the administration of the philippines one must not fail to recognize the many achievements of the missionary friars that were worthy to the dominicans and the jesuits is due the establishment of institutions of learning The jesuits in 1601 had planted their college of san jose the dominicans here as in europe the champions of orthodox learning had their own institution the college of santo tomas inaugurated in 1619 and were the rivals of the jesuits for the privilege of giving higher instruction in 1645 the pope granted to the dominicans the right to bestow higher degrees and their college became the royal and pontifical university of st thomas aquinas this splendid name breeds that very spirit of the middle ages which the dominican order strove to perpetuate in the philippines down to modern days dominicans also founded the college of san juan de letran as a preparatory school to the university we should not pass over the educational work of the religious orders without mention of the early printing plants and their publications the missionary friars were famous printers and in the philippines as well as in america some noble volumes were produced by their handicraft founding of hospitals by the franciscans nor had the franciscans in the philippines neglected the fundamental purpose of their foundation that of ministration to the sick and unprotected a narrative of their order written in 1649 gives a long list of their beneficent foundations besides the hospital of manila they had an infirmary at cavite for the native mariners and shipbuilders a hospital at los baños another in the city of nueva caseres lay brethren were attached to many of the convents as nurses in 1633 a curious occurrence led to the founding of the leper hospital of san lazaro the emperor of japan in a probably ironical mood sent to manila a shipload of japanese afflicted with this unfortunate disease these people were mercifully received by the franciscans and cared for in a home which became the san lazaro hospital for lepers life and progress of the filipinos few sources exist that can show us the life and progress of the filipino people during these decades christianity as introduced by the missionary friars was generally successful and yet there were relapses into heathenism Old religious leaders and priestesses roused up from time to time and incited the natives to rebellion against their new spiritual masters the payment of tribute and the labor required for the building of churches often drove the people into the mountains religious revolt at bohol and Leyte. in 1621 a somewhat serious revolt took place on bohol the jesuits who administered the island were absent in cebu attending the fiestas on the canonization of saint francis savior the whisper was raised that the old heathen deity diwata was at hand to assist in the expulsion of the spaniards the island rose in revolt except the two towns of loboc and baclayan four towns were burned the churches sacked and the sacred images speared the revolt spread to leyte where it was headed by the old datu pangkaw of limasawa who had sworn friendship with legaspi this insurrection was put down by the alcalde mayor of cebu and the filipino leaders were hanged On Leyte, banka was speared in battle, and one of the heathen priests suffered the penalty prescribed by the Inquisition for heresy death by burning. Revolt of the Pampangos, the heavy drafting of natives to fell trees and build the ships for the Spanish naval expeditions and the Acapulco trade was also a cause for insurrection. In sixteen sixty, a thousand pampangos were kept cutting in the forests of that province alone sullen at their heavy labor and at the harshness of their overseers these natives rose in revolt the sedition spread to pangasinan zambales and ilocos and it required the utmost efforts of the spanish forces on land and water to suppress the rebellion uprising of the chinese in spite of the terrible massacre that had been visited upon the chinese at the beginning of the century They had almost immediately commenced returning not only as merchants but as colonists the early restrictions upon their life must have been relaxed for in 1639 there were more than thirty thousand living in the islands many of them cultivating lands at calamba and at other points on the laguna de bay in that year a rebellion broke out in which the chinese in manila participated they seized the church of san pedro makati on the pasig and fortified themselves from there they were routed by a combined filipino and spanish force the chinese then broke up into small bands which scattered through the country looting and murdering but being pursued and cut to pieces by the filipinos for five months this pillage and massacre went on until seven thousand chinese were destroyed By the loss of these agriculturists and laborers manila was reduced to great distress activity of the moro pirates the task of the spaniards in controlling the moro datus continued to be immensely difficult during the years following the successes of corcuera and almonte the moros were continually plotting aid was furnished from borneo and celebes and they were further incited by the dutch in spite of the vigilance of zamboanga small piratical excursions continually harassed the visayas and the camarines continued conflicts with the dutch the dutch too from time to time showed themselves in manila in sixteen forty six a squadron attacked zamboanga and then came north to luzon the spanish naval strength was quite unprepared but two galleons lately arrived from Acapulco were fitted with heavy guns dominican friars took their places among the gunners and under the protection of the virgin of the rosary successfully encountered the enemy a year later a fleet of twelve vessels entered manila bay and nearly succeeded in taking cavite failing in this they landed in bataan province and for some time held the coast of manila bay in the vicinity of Abukay the narrative of franciscan missions in sixteen forty nine above cited gives town after town in southern Luzon where church and convent had been burned by the moros or the dutch the abandonment of zamboanga and the malaccas the threat of the dutch made the maintenance of the presidio of zamboanga very burdensome in sixteen fifty six the administration of the malaccas was united with that of mindanao and the governor of the former don francisco de Estebar, was transferred from ternate to zamboanga and made lieutenant-governor and captain-general of all the provinces of the south six years later the Malacas, so long coveted by the spaniards and so slowly won by them together with zamboanga were wholly abandoned and to the spice islands the spaniards were never to return this sudden retirement from their southern possessions was not, however, occasioned by the incessant restlessness of the Moros nor by the plottings of the Dutch. It was due to a threat of danger from the north. Kosinga, the Chinese adventurer. In 1644, China was conquered by the Manchus. Peking capitulated at once and the Ming dynasty was overthrown. But it was only by many years of fighting that the manchus overcame the chinese of the central and southern provinces these were years of turbulence revolt and piracy more than one chinese adventurer rose to a romantic position during the disturbed time one of these adventurers named it had been a poor fisherman of chio he had lived in macau where he had been converted to christianity and had been a cargador or cargo-bearer in manila he afterwards went to japan and engaged in trade from these humble and laborious beginnings like many another of his persistent countrymen he gained great wealth which, on the conquest of the manchus he devoted to piracy his son was notorious Singh or kuxinga who for four years resisted the armies of the Manchus and maintained an independent power over the coasts of Fukien and Chekiang about sixteen sixty The forces of the Manchus became too formidable for him to longer resist them upon the mainland and Cosinga determined upon the capture of Formosa and the transference of his kingdom to that island for thirty-eight years. This island had been dominated by the Dutch whose fortresses commanded the channel of the Pescadores. The colony was regarded as an important one by the Dutch colonial government at Batavia. The city of Taiwan on the west coast was a considerable center of trade. It was strongly protected by the fortress of Zealand and had a garrison of twenty two hundred Dutch soldiers. After months of fighting, Kosinga, with an overpowering force of Chinese, compelled the surrender of the Hollanders And the beautiful island passed into his power. A threatened invasion of the Philippines, exalted by his success against European arms, Kusinga resolved upon the conquest of the Philippines. He summoned to his service the Italian Dominican missionary Ricci, who had been living in the province of Fuquien and in the spring of 1662, dispatched him as an ambassador to the governor of the Philippines to demand the submission of the archipelago. Manila was thrown into a terrible panic by this demand, and indeed no such danger had threatened the Spanish in the Philippines since the invasion of Limahong. The Chinese conqueror had an innumerable army, and his armament, stores, and navy had been greatly augmented by the surrender of the Dutch. The Spaniards, however, were united on resistance. The governor, Don Sabiniano Manrique de Lara, returned a defiant answer to Kusinga, and the most radical measures were adopted to place the colony in a state of defense. All Chinese were ordered immediately to leave the islands. Fearful of massacre, these wretched people again broke out in rebellion and assaulted the city. Many were slain and other bands wandered off into the mountains, where they perished at the hands of the natives. Others, escaping by frail boats, joined the Chinese colonies on Formosa. Churches and convents in the suburbs of Manila, which might afford shelter to the assailant, were raised to the ground. More than all this, the Malaccas were forsaken, never again to be recovered by Spaniards, and the presidios of Zamboanga and Cuyo, which served as a kind of bridle on the moros of holo and mindanao were abandoned all spanish troops were concentrated in manila fortifications were rebuilt and the population waited anxiously for the attack but the blow never fell before richie arrived at taiwan Cosinga was dead and the peril of chinese invasion had passed effects of these events but the philippines had suffered irretrievable loss spanish prestige was gone manila was no longer as she had been at the commencement of the century the capital of the east spanish sovereignty was again confined to luzon and the visayas the chinese trade on which rested the economic prosperity of manila had once again been ruined for a hundred years the history of the philippines is a dull monotony quite unrelieved by any heroic activity or the presence of noble character End of chapter 9, part 2. Recording by Shena Sayre, Fresno, California.